This morning we're going to consider the day of judgment. John chapter 5, you want to turn to. We're having just a little break from Luke's gospel. I should think we'll be back on Luke next week, God willing. John chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 24 through to 30. Jesus speaking and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me have everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. For as the Father have life in himself, so have he given to the Son to have life in himself and have given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man marvel not at this for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation I can of mine own self do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Last Sunday morning we started off by considering the time when the Lord Jesus Christ raised Lazarus from the dead. He did it by the utterance of his divine power. Lazarus had been dead in the grave for four days. Even so, Jesus said to him, Lazarus, come forth. Consequently, he who was dead heard the voice of the Son of God and in obedience he arose. With that thought in mind, we then considered the fact that we were were all born into this world dead in trespasses and sins, every one of us born into the world dead in our sins even though we're obviously physically alive at least I think we are however even though we were all born dead in our sins the Lord Jesus Christ raises up to everlasting spiritual life not all of us but all who hear his voice I'm referring to the born again Christians in here We saw that to be the case in verses 24 and 25. Let's have a look at those two verses again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me have everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming And now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. You can see in those two verses that Jesus wasn't just talking about raising people up to spiritual life at some time in the future. He was talking about now as well. Right now. He said the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice 
of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Jesus was talking about raising spiritually dead sinners up to spiritual life. Again, not everyone, but all who hear his voice in the scriptures and in the preached word, believing that God sent him into the world to bear your sins away in his body at the cross. And the life that you now live in the flesh, dear Christian, you live by faith in your risen Saviour, who having lived a sinlessly perfect life on your behalf, paid the debt of your sin at the cross with his own precious blood. As the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesian Christians, God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us, have raised us up together with Christ. You can see that Paul was talking about something that had already happened. And what he said applied not only to himself and those Ephesian Christians, but to each one of you who has shown repentance towards God and faith in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been made alive in Jesus. That's quite an introduction, but I felt it was necessary to go through it all again. We, we went through all this last Sunday. I wanted to go through, go through it all again before we look at today's verses, which remain on the subject of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, raising people up from death. However, in today's verses, Jesus is no longer talking about some, but not all people, being raised up to spiritual life, being born again. He's talking prophetically about the end of the world, when he shall come again, as we saw in our first reading in Matthew chapter 25. He's talking about that time when he comes again. Not as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, but as the righteous judge. God the Father, having given him authority to raise up from the grave all who have ever lived, all who have died, and to execute judgment on everyone who has ever lived. We saw that referred to as the nations in Matthew 25. Everyone who has ever lived. First of all, all that are in the graves shall rise. Look at verse 28. Jesus says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. Unlike our considerations last week, Jesus doesn't say the time is coming and now is. He just says the time or the hour is coming. He is speaking about that final day, that day of judgment. And when the Lord Jesus Christ comes again, all of the untold billions of dead people from throughout history will hear his voice and they will rise up from the grave as Lazarus did. 
You might be wondering how everyone who has ever lived and died will be raised up from their graves, when the fact is that there are many millions of people who, especially in our day and age, will have opted for cremation instead of burial. In London, you don't have much choice. There's nowhere, there's no space left. There's nowhere to bury people now. And graveyards, the, the people are being taken out of their graves after 50 years or whatever to make room for others. I don't know what they do with them then. They dispose of them. But that's how it is. That's, that's how it is now. And then there are those who will have been eaten by lions and sharks. Besides which, most of the dead will have decomposed into tiny particles which will have been dispersed all over the place. I'm, it might help if you understand and appreciate who it is who will be doing the raising up and the judging. God. The same God who made Adam from the dust of the ground and for whom all things are possible. That was something that a man named Job would have understood and appreciated very well. In the Old Testament book of Job, chapter 19 and verse 25, Job said, listen very carefully to what Job said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, Yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Even though Job has now been dead and gone for thousands of years, he clearly had no problem believing that God is eminently capable of raising him from the dead even when his body has dissolved into the minutest particles. When Job declared that he would behold God with his own eyes at the latter day, he was talking about hearing the voice of the Son of God coming forth and beholding God with his resurrection eyes in a resurrection body. Secondly, Everyone will be judged according to his works. Look at verses 29 and 30. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can, I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear, I judge and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which have sent me. The language of the Lord Jesus Christ could not be any clearer in these verses. When the dead shall hear his voice at the end of the age, they will come forth and there will be just two categories of resurrected people. There will be those who have done good. They will be raised up to everlasting life in bodies fit for habitation in the company of God, in the new heaven and in the new earth 
wherein dwelleth righteousness. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells us what he will say to that category of risen people, the ones who have done good. He will say to them, I wasn't hungered and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger and ye took me in. Naked and ye clothed me. I was sick and ye visited me. I was in prison and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. It's interesting that they're called the righteous there. In the Bible, if someone is declared righteous, especially in the New Testament, if someone is declared righteous, that that means that they are clothed in the Lord Jesus Christ, his perfect righteousness. They stand before God, accepted in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to appreciate that as we look at these, these works, these good works that they have done. They are righteous, accepted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And nothing else. Whatever good things the righteous who will come forth unto the resurrection of life may have done, they will have done those things as unto their great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. In other words, their good works will have been the fruit of a genuine saving faith in Jesus. The same cannot be said about the other category, even if they have done all sorts of nice and compassionate things for other people, they will have done them without having any faith in Jesus. As such, their works will be worthless and nothing more than filthy rags in the sight of a holy God because they're not clothed in Christ and his perfect, perfect righteousness, his sinless righteousness. Therefore, since the ones who will come forth unto the resurrection of life will be people who died believing in Jesus, believing that he carried their sins in his own body at the cross, they will have already been quickened or raised up to spiritual and everlasting life when they were in the world, living out their lives. They will have been raised up spiritually. They would have heard his voice in the scriptures and through the preached word whenever it was that they became Christians and were raised up to spiritual and everlasting life. They are the righteous 
It can be seen in Matthew chapter 25 that Jesus will say to the ones who will come forth unto the resurrection of life, this is the righteous ones, the sheep, Come ye, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Therefore, those blessed souls will receive an inheritance that was prepared for them when? When did God prepare that inheritance for the, the, the righteous ones? Long before they ever trusted in Jesus as their saviour from sin. Long before they were ever born. Long before they ever gave a thirsty Christian a glass of water or visited him when he was sick or in bed or in prison. Long before any of that. Also, when you consider that an inheritance is given after the death of another person, that other person is the Lord Jesus Christ who secured a heavenly inheritance for all who would ever believe that he sacrificially laid down his life for them at the cross. And those people whom he died for were were chosen unto salvation according to the election of grace before the foundation of the world. Let me see if I can put that a little bit easier. The ones who do all these good things as unto the Lord, the ones who are blessed are people who were chosen before the foundation of the world unto salvation from sin and everlasting life. We're already on the finally here. As we come to a close, we can come back to dear old Job. Let me remind you what that man boldly declared. He said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. It's interesting because in those words, Job, he referred to God, whom his eyes shall behold as his Redeemer. That is highly significant when you understand that a redeemer is a kinsman with an emphasis on the man. And Job would see his redeemer, his kinsman standing on the earth in the latter day. And he referred to him as God. I shall see God with my own eyes. His kinsman, redeemer, who would be standing on the earth. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Again, Job, he lived thousands of years ago. I don't know how long ago it was. A long, long time ago. Despite all of Job's earthly miseries, and that man had quite a few miseries, he was nevertheless confidently looking ahead to being raised up from his grave upon hearing the voice 
of the Lord Jesus Christ and beholding with his own eyes his Redeemer, the man who is God, who would be standing on the earth in the latter day. That is the hope that Job had all those years ago. The same hope that you, dear Christian, have when Jesus comes again in judgment. Therefore, Job, he was someone who already heard the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ many, perhaps many years before he made that statement. He heard the voice of Jesus. He'd already been quickened or raised up to spiritual life. He already believed that one day his sins would be atoned for by the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who would come into the world. Never underestimate how how much the Old Testament saint understood. He understood those things. Where does all of that leave you with regards to the day of judgment when all who are in the grave shall hear the voice of the righteous judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Very different that, isn't it? Resurrection of life, resurrection of damnation. Which will you receive a heavenly inheritance and go away into life eternal? Or will you go away into everlasting punishment, damnation? You need to consider these things. I appreciate that you're being challenged to look ahead to something that will only happen at the end of the age. Whenever that is, I don't know. It is of eternal significance to you all. And it is a question that you can answer. Will you be one of those who goes away to life eternal or to everlasting damnation? You can answer that one. How about I frame the question differently by asking you not to look ahead. It's difficult to look ahead, isn't it? We don't even know what's going to happen in, a, in a, an hour or so. If I ask you not to look ahead, but to look to the here and now. That's easier, isn't it? Right now, to the present time, and even to look back in time to things that have already happened in your life. At the present time, are you a repentant sinner trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour from sin? That's not such a difficult question, is it? And looking back 2,000 years Do you believe that Jesus carried your sins in his body and took those sins away when he was nailed to a wooden cross? Think about those two questions and you can answer the one that is looks ahead to when Jesus comes again. And the Christians in here can answer very positively the same as Job did. Let me finish with what Job said again, if I can find it. 
Yeah. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Amen. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen.